Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of the Five Minute Inner Child. I'm your host, Jonna, and this week's episode is my conversation with Masako. This conversation looks at some of the parallels between the contemplative practice of the inner child and honoring the inner child, and then with meditation, and so some of those common threads. In this episode, Masako talks about her transformation from a career working long hours in the legal industry to becoming more mindful of her body, slowing down to embrace her identity as an artist, and ultimately becoming an award-winning photographer. Masako talks about how her body was breaking down and how she learned to come home to herself through meditation. We talk in this episode about overcoming the inner critic during the creative process and exercising the play muscle to cultivate self-compassion for those times that we make a mistake or just allow ourselves to be seen, whatever messy way that looks like. Masako is a big believer in meditation as a maintenance practice, as an essential sort of mental hygiene. And she compares it to just brushing your teeth each day and how important that is. She educates others on how meditation can affect the body, thoughts, and our emotions. She leads a Facebook group called Why Not Meditate? And you can find her on Instagram as Masako underscore photography. She's also the host of a podcast called Why Not Meditate, where in that podcast, she discusses the benefits of meditation as a practice. So we had this conversation probably close to six months ago. And as I was listening to it back and editing, I reached out to her because my heart was just bursting with our connection. We had such a good time talking, you know, meeting people through this podcast has been just one of the gifts meeting other people along the way who have been honoring their inner child. And so I know I've made a new friend with Masako. I know there will be probably a part two down the road to our conversation to eventually find out where she's at now and to let, to kind of just look at how her life unfolds as she embraces the creative process. So as always, I hope that you find yourself feeling safe enough this week to slow down for just five minutes a day to honor or delight your inner child apart from goals or outcomes. So now enjoy my conversation with Masako. We've gotten connected and how it's been, we've been you know, connecting on similar journeys with this podcasting, I like to kind of start out with kind of the origin story of kind of what brought you here, or it could be kind of what brought you to the podcasting world. And then we can dig in a little bit more from here, from there. Sure. Um, so I am from Japan. I was born and raised in Japan and I came over to the United States over 20 years ago to as an exchange student at first at Northern Michigan University in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. And since then I have stayed in the United States and um, got married really young and went over um, a divorce after 12 years of marriage. And um, it was uh, a journey, quite a, quite <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of stress that I went through you know, throughout the marriage and, and um, 
when we first got separated, our daughter was two, two years old, and it was really challenging. And I was, at that time, I was the primary caretaker, and it took a lot out of me, like mentally, physically, emotionally. And my health really went down after a few years of being in that, you know, fight and flight mode. And then I had, I knew I had to do something with my health. And like most of the time, our mental and emotional health might be suffering, but we don't really do anything about it because you could kind of survive for a long time with an almost an empty tank. (laughs) But when your health goes down, when your physical health goes down, yeah. If you cannot function to get up and do everyday life things, then you have to, that's like when you have to do something. Yep. And I realized the mental and emotional health, not, not being healthy in mental and emotional ways really took a toll on my mm. physical health. Right. And so I started implementing a lot of things like health and wellness, um, started exercising, getting back to yoga and um, started taking supplements. And I found out that I was gluten sensitive. So I stopped eating gluten and sugar and did a lot of like health hack type of thing. And meditation was one of them. And that really has been the biggest game changer in my life and I've been a meditator for four or five years now and it's been fascinating to see how that changes your um everything because when you become aware of your internal thoughts like what your mind is thinking then now you can change what you think when your thoughts change then you can change your behaviors too. And I never really grasped grasped how powerful that is. It is, it's incredible. We're running all of these programs without thinking. Yeah. And so getting quiet, taking that time to check in and meditate. And I think your tagline is why not meditate, right? Is that, do you use that? I love that Um, because it's, it's just so easy. Like, why not? Why not meditate? It actually, it, it, it is harder in the sense when you really, when I, I should talk about myself, when I've started getting into that practice. And now I do transcendental meditation, but when I started, it really had to be very guided meditation because it was so uncomfortable to be with my thoughts. And I relate so much, by the way, to what you were talking about. My, I actually have a similar story of my physical health becoming so difficult and my energy level really, um, Mm -hmm. that I, I had to kind of face some of the things that were going on and, um, and it's kind of brought me to where I'm at, but, and, you know, and then your, my, my physical health, look at that. It is so much better than it was, but so is my mental health. So it does, it goes hand in hand, but, um, yeah, getting quiet with your thoughts. That's a, if you've never done that before, it can be very uncomfortable. It is because we're so used to like doing things all the time right 
by the time you get up in the morning, you are thinking of what needs to be done. I used to be that way too. Like, <laughs> like 10 years ago, I, I, was in, I was working in legal industry and it was very demanding. Yeah. The night before I went to bed, I would be thinking about what I need to do when I go into the office the next morning. And <laughs> that's the way I fell asleep. And as soon as I was up, I was thinking about, okay, this is what I need to do. And it was nonstop. And I was on a autopilot and there was no mental space to be creative beyond the routines. I just didn't have the bandwidth. And that's exhausting. It is. And it, it, I think that I didn't even know maybe how exhausted I was until like, I just turned 40. I have more energy now with four and I have four kids, Yeah, but I have more energy now than I did when I was 30. And I didn't have it. I, I didn't have any kids when I was 30. I had them all after that. So it, it's incredible. I, that doesn't really make a lot of sense that, but it does in the sense of when you start to slow down, it's almost counterintuitive to our culture of go, go, be productive, do these things, have that to-do list, but how do I have more energy now? You know, that that's, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, and that's why I, I mean, part of this, my podcast is the five minute inner child and it's really kind of getting that to be more of an accessible practice. I think meditation is amazing and it's got the mental health and the, I think physical health benefits, but also checking in with yourself to take that time to get back to who you used to be. And, um, Mm -hmm. when you were younger, especially like when you were, before you started having all those survival techniques, like before the age of seven, usually like, what was it that just delighted you, you know, that, that really lit you up. And, um, because I think that that is like an avenue to creativity too. And especially when you can plug into something that just delights you. It has so many aspects that are similar to meditation. In fact, like being able to just allow things to be like, if you, if you really just loved, whether it was playing in the dirt or painting a picture, you allowed it to just be what it was without it being perfect, without it being, you know, a a masterpiece in the sense of what you think a masterpiece is. I just see a lot of, um, common threads with that. And that's what excites me so much because it's really something we can all do. We don't, it's not expensive. We don't need an expert for it. You're you're the only one who knows what delighted you when you Mm -hmm. were a child. So, yeah. And then, you know, like oftentimes, um, the society, including your parents or teachers or your, you know, friends, could have impacted um, negatively in terms of you doing what you love to do. True. I loved drawing. That was like my passion. And I did that all the time. And I thought that would be the thing I would do when I grew up too. But then, you know, my well-intentioned parents thought art was not something that you could do as a career. And... (laughs) you know, and I kind of went away from it, but 
I always loved it. And, but little by little, I got busy doing um, the more acceptable things by the society, you know? And I was working like so many hours in legal industry. And it's just the last um, six, seven years that I've been doing, kind of coming back to myself and started doing what I used to love to do. And I kind of forgot a lot about, you know, why I liked it. I have been so away from it. I've been so disconnected within, like from myself. And it's been so good to come back, like come home to yourself. And meditation definitely has helped me to, you know, really realize like, look really internally and reconnect with myself. I love that. It's so beautiful and universal and it's something we can all, we can all do. And it's amazing the lessons we can learn, um, from taking that time. Yeah. Um, do you, I'm just curious, do you draw now? I do. So, um, I got back into it and then I realized I started doing photography. So when iPhone came around, I started taking photos on iPhone because it's the best, the best camera you can have is the camera you carry with you because you could, you know, own a huge professional camera, but if you don't have it with you, you cannot take photos, right? So I started taking iPhone photos and that's kind of an extension of drawing for myself because it's, you're kind of, you're taking a photo, but you're creating a picture, creating a scene. And you could like hundred people can look at the same scenery, but you could get hundred different images, totally different. Yeah. It's a very creative process. And so I started taking photos on my commute or, you know, like anywhere whatever that inspired me and I um there was there is a school of iPhone photography I I didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) I just one of my colleagues mentioned it and then she has been seeing my photos on Facebook or Instagram and she said you should um send your photos to their contests and I was like okay I I take those, you know, all these photos on iPhone and, and yeah, sure, why not? And then, then like I I started winning awards. Wow. iPhone photography contests that they have like on weekly or yearly. And and I thought, wow, like this is easy and fun. And I guess I am kind of good at it. And so then from there. I realized there are a lot of photographers in my like network who are doing photography as a hobby. And then they all say like, you should get a real camera. <laughs> right. And then I realized like some people wanted a print of my photos, but um, iPhone cameras are great. It's really amazing for the size. But when you want to print it in a large scale, there's a limit and you kind of need to, you know, have a bigger sensor and then lens and 
So then I started learning how to use um, a camera and started taking photos. And then this year, just beginning of this year, I started painting. That's also an extension of drawing. Yeah. I was realizing there were some things I just cannot capture with a camera, but I wanted to express. So I started doing abstract drawing, painting. Oh, I love it. (laughs) So cool. And so it's just gone from there. Yeah. Yeah. And I sometimes draw with colored pencils with my daughter and her friends. And it's, you know, it's liberating because you cannot make a mistake. You know, like painting on the canvas. I I don't know why, but I was so afraid of painting on the canvas. I thought only the real real artists can do that. And I felt like I was not one of them. And... Mm -hmm. I met a friend who was painting a large scale abstract art. And he said, anybody can paint, just go get a canvas and then paint. I'm like, really? Is that how that works? Oh, (laughs) I love it. I didn't do it for like a year. And then I'm like, yeah, why not? Right? Yeah. Because you can always paint over with different colors. That's it. I <laughs> And also like, what if you made a mistake? And what is a mistake to begin with? And what happens? What's the consequence of not having that, like a perfect painting that you thought that you were gonna paint? Like, are you gonna get killed? No. <laughs> is yeah. someone gonna die? No. <laughs> literally nothing happens nothing I I mean these are just these are things that like I think all artists that's the creative process right where it gets blocked and and not even just in I think it's true for the creative process but like we think learning has to be hard I think when you get into that flow state and Mm -hmm. I think it is sort of that playfulness where it's just you're letting it as as Kathy says in our class, letting it be easy and letting it be something that you enjoy, you're not feeling like, oh, this is hard. You're, you're in, you're allowing that enjoyment and it just, it just kind of flows. And, and I love, I'm so intrigued by like the flow state and how, and how that happens and how we, um, things sort of become easier when you're in that space of mm-hmm. creation um I I love it and I yeah I think yeah, it's- and it's you know your inner child coming out and playing with yeah. all the colors and paints and, and brushes and right I I mean I think it's so interesting I as a child used to be very shy actually um so I think letting yourself be but that wasn't my true like I think that was some of that expectation of that's Mm. who I was told that I was, um, but I don't think that isn't actually my true self. So allowing myself to be seen, and especially as it relates to whether it's our art or our work or whatever it is we're putting out into the world, you know, allowing yourself to be seen has been one of those barriers that I am learning to overcome. And and it's a, it's, but 
if you really think back to that inner child, there was a time when that wasn't, when you were okay with being, you know, with before, before there was that feedback or that criticism, whatever it was, because we live in this world. That's not, not perfect. It's not, you're going to have that feedback, but getting back and getting connected, um, with yourself, that's, it's, a it's a practice. And I, I do think sure. Yeah, it's been, I did this, this 30 day for my birthday month, they did like a 30 day inner child bingo with like friends and family on Facebook. And so that was kind of to keep me in the practice. Cause I knew I was going to be, was wanting to start a podcast about this and, mm-hmm. and it does it once you start, it's like a muscle. Once you start exercising, it gets a little bit easier and you start to remember, okay, this is how I got to get quiet. I got to get still check in and see what it is that, you know, that, that you're, you're feeling and what would delight you. But, um, it is kind of a muscle. And I think that's true for meditation too. Right. I mean, yes. What do you think? Definitely. So meditation, I used to have this idea of meditation as the monks sitting on top of mountains in a temple and, you know, spending 20 hours a day meditating. <laughs> like, that's not something I could do, right? Yeah. And, but it's really not like that in more, like for most people. Yeah. And I believe it's, I see it as like a maintenance thing. It's like brushing your teeth, you know, it's not that glorious, but you do it so that you keep the, you can maintain the dental hygiene. Right. And that, but the benefits are amazing, right? Like if you brush your teeth like a few times a day, um, like within a year, you see the difference. Versus if you did not, okay, if only if you brushed it once a month within right. a year, <laughs> there would be a huge that difference. Be, that's not going to be pretty, right? <laughs> so meditation is the same way. It's like mental like hygiene to me. And you need to, it's, it's a practice. Yeah. Like you said, it's a muscle. Like yeah. You have to put it into your schedule. Otherwise it gets pushed down to the bottom of the day. And by the time you are ready, the day is gone and you're too tired and you don't want to do it. And yep. then you skip and then you feel bad about it. I'm curious, do you, do you meditate first thing in the morning? Is that yes. the way you do it? Yeah. Yes. That has worked the best with my schedule. So if my daughter has to, you know, she has her wake up time. So I usually get up before that so that I know I have a certain amount of quiet time and nothing gets in the way. And as long as I have it in my schedule and I know that I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it. If I don't, then I have to go through this mental dilemma. Like, am I going to do it? No, I don't want to do it. Should I skip? You know, that takes so much mental energy and we only have a limited amount of mental energy every day to spend. And if you can save that at the beginning of the day and then just do it, then you can spend your mental energy on more important things, you know, important decisions to make. 
Right. Because like, I think we started this conversation kind of talking about how automatic all of the, the predict productivity things are like, we're just in that, that habit of, okay, this is what we do. This is what we do. Well, this is like automating a good habit, like putting yes. it on the to-do list. I have yeah. do the same thing. I have to have it on my to-do list. Otherwise I, this is not a natural thing for me to do, to just go into that place and, and get quiet. And whether it's the deeper types of meditation that I take longer for, or whether it's just this daily practice that I'm trying to incorporate that can take less than five minutes, honestly. And it yeah. takes three minutes to, um, if you do breathe the like breath work, it only takes three minutes to reset your nervous system. So I, but it has to be like, if I don't put it on there, just like working out or exercise or oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I had really tried to change my eating habits because it affects my energy and blood sugar. And if I don't do that now, it's now it is automatic because I've been doing it for years, but even yeah. still working out, that's still is on my to-do list. Um, yeah. you know, whether Work, workout, you know, yeah. nobody wants to do it unless you are addicted to it. You know, <laughs> it's not my, I'm not, that's not me, so, <laughs> that's uh, not me either. And it's hard. The workout is hard. We don't is. want to do hard things if possible. <laughs> no, we're, I, we want to do the path of least resistance, but it does. I mean, it, it really does make that difference, but it's the same. Yeah. It's the same way with showing up with meditation. And I see so many benefits from it. I mean, we've kind of already talked about some of them. I mean, do you have anything to add as far as what you've seen as some of the benefits coming out of meditation, your practice? There are so many um so what I have noticed I don't remember when exactly I don't remember how many weeks or months that I had been meditating but uh, like one day at some random moments I just realized that I was talking to somebody and normally I would have a knee-jerk reaction Mm. to something the person said yeah but for the first time, I had this mental space of bandwidth where I can take a pause and examine what the person said. And I recognized, okay, okay, I'm about to have this knee-jerk reaction. Am I going to react <laughs> with this knee-jerk reaction? Or am I going to respond in a little more thoughtful way? And that was amazing that's huge that's huge seeing things in slow motion and you can take a pause and then you can make a conscious decision instead of reacting you are responding to the stimulus and when you have a control of awareness over that yeah a lot of things could change for you know the better right I, i mean yeah, getting to observe our thoughts, that's what we're trying to practice during meditation. Yeah. So once you start to observe it during your everyday life, that's when you can start to make those changes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not be so reactive. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, like taking control over your life, like, you know, one small step at a time, yep. but those steps pile up and within like a few years, you could be in totally different places. Well, and what this program and this class that we're in together has been so helpful is realizing 
even who we're surrounding ourselves with. And I think that's what part of, I mean, that's why it's so nice to have these conversations and to be meeting some people that are on similar journeys is it is helpful to have, um, you know, that energy and to, to really have those connections with, with other people. So I'm really thankful for that. I, that's been just been a huge gift. And, um, I think it does help a little bit more with that programming to have more of that feedback coming from, um, some new connections. So I, I, that's, that's been really neat. Yeah. It's been a big blessing. I agree. Um, so you do transcendental meditation? Yes, I, I do. I, I, I do it for about 20 minutes at a time. It's not something that I can, well, for one thing, my lifestyle doesn't lend itself to have a ton of downtime, but, um, I try to do it a couple times a week and mm-hmm. that's my, that's been my, my practice so far with it. How, how is it working for you? I, you know, I love it. I, I really, it's, it's something that I couldn't, I, I've been doing like contemplative practices, breath work, yoga for probably four or five years, maybe, but mm-hmm. the transcendental stuff, I probably started about a year or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I tend to have tons of ideas flowing. And so to thought, to, to let the thoughts go to the background and to focus on whether it's my breath or the sound, they kind of have a a sound or a tone that plays for 20 minutes. It's amazing that I can sit there for 20 minutes and it doesn't feel like it was 20 minutes. There's something that happens with the space time stuff that like it flies by and you're like, that was 20 minutes. I sat and I breathed for 20 (laughs) minutes because if you would have told me that like a couple of years ago, that really didn't seem possible. Even like what you're talking about, the monks, like that still seems pretty far off to me to meditate <laughs> for 20 hours a day or whatever it is that they do. But there is something that happens where when we get to that state, time sort of flies by. Time is like a relative thing when we get to that place. And I've had all kinds of um, just interesting, mystical things that have come out of it. But mostly it's been allowing myself to just be and Mm. to slow down and, um, to allow myself to observe and, and take that time. So So in transcendental meditation, you say a mantra over and over. Is that right? Well, the, the type that I've been doing, and maybe that is a different, I, I, I don't have a mantra that I've been saying, although I am, I, was told that I need to start adding in an affirmation, but, um, what I've, what the, the director that I've been following has been giving a tone and you focus on the tone and, and allow that to be the, the focus point. But I am going to actually, that is something that I'm adding in is like, um, an affirmation or I guess like a mantra is what I am adding in. And so I'm interested to see how that'll, you know, affect things and, and what comes out of that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. Have you ever tried transcendental meditation? I have not, but I have friends who do that. Mm -hmm. And it seems uh, very interesting. Like you get like this mantra in, um, like one, one word and Mm -hmm. you, 
and uh, supposed to share with other people and but you're supposed to use that one word over and over <laughs> interesting well and i think part of the reasoning from what i understand about it is that because it is almost kind of like getting to that um the i think it's theta brain waves where mm-hmm. it's, it's getting back into your subconscious. So it's almost like it starts to, if you're in, in almost like a, I don't know that it's a hypnotic state, but it's like, if you're able to, you're conscious, but you're also able to tell yourself something that's true, um, in that state. So I think it is supposed to, when you start doing that, and that's why I'm supposed to start adding it in is that, um, it sort of is able to reprogram things. Yeah. Subconscious mind is the majority of our mind, right? That's what they say. It's amazing. I, I mean, it's wild. How are we, you know, we've been running on these programs for all our lives. So to really start to get conscious, I mean, then you start to think, well, then 20 minutes a day, isn't really that long. If I really want (laughs) to to change 95% of my days running on these automatic. Yeah. So one of the things I do is I play um, meditation, like a long meditation, guided meditation while I'm falling asleep. Mm, yeah. So that it would talk to my subconscious mind. And while I am sleeping, it's doing the work. So I am all about like return of investment. Totally. is really important. So if I'm going to do something, I want to see the benefits with the minimum amount of effort on my end and the maximum amount of benefits. That is such a good idea. I might try that when you fall asleep. Is it, is it a recording of you or do you um, have use, something else? I, I use the app called Insight Timer. It's a meditation app and there are a bunch of meditation guide, guided meditations okay. and like you find what you like, you know, you, you find the voice that soothes you and, and the one I listen to, I have a multiple, but it's usually like hundred minutes or so. it's a long meditation and I have not listened to the whole thing mm-hmm. because I'm usually like asleep, like within like 10 minutes of listening to it, but <laughs> your subconscious mind is listening for you. So <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, once I, when I've started to realize how important this is, it's actually, it's almost like, why am I not doing this? But I, that's a great idea. I've never tried falling asleep to something. So that, that's really interesting. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Let me know. I will. (laughs) I, I, I will let you know, I will have to do it. Maybe we'll have to do this again and do an update on (laughs) on how it's working or something. Um, do you have anything else like tips or tricks on meditation or um, how to get started for people who are interested? Sure. So usually I receive the same question or comment from many people. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. I cannot sit quietly for that long. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Is This is not working for me. I'm not that meditation type of person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I would say to everybody, it does not have to be like even 10 minutes. It could be just 
two minutes, three minutes to begin with, but do it consistently every single day. Just put it on your calendar and make it a habit. And your mind will not be most likely quiet because that's our mind. That's their job to think, think thoughts. And, but the thing is, you can now observe what you're thinking. Right. And that takes muscle because usually we are unaware, we're unconscious about it. So it's building the muscle of noticing what your mind is thinking. And once you do that, you get more control over your thoughts and then you can catch yourself. Yep. When you're sitting and closing your eyes, you know, your mind is thinking, oh, I have to do that. I have to do this. And then you're like, oh my goodness, I'm thinking about the to-do list, but you can come back yeah. to yourself. And it's usually a good idea to have something to focus on. Yeah. So if you don't want to close your eyes, you can stare at a candle or you can focus on like certain sound around you or you can just pay attention to your breath that's always a good idea and come back to your breath and count your breath and and then see what happens um just do it and then see what happens yeah you might not see the the results like doing it like two minutes you might not see overnight you know effects but consistency is where the magic is and yeah. I'm telling you from my experience yep um it's almost like letting our letting our subconscious maybe doing more of the letting it do more work for us than we um it, it's been working against us for long time to keep us alive to keep us in survival I mean it take it's taken us to where we're at and so we have to thank ourselves for that and be, be compassionate, but to get to that next place of, we want to go a little bit further with ourselves and our personal development as people, whatever it is, as parents, as friends, whatever it is, um, you know, there, there is another level to, to kind of get to, um, I will say though, when you were talking about sleep, I want to add something now that I think about it, I, I, this is kind of strange, but sometimes I do ask myself questions before I fall asleep and I answer them. I, I wake up with an answer. So oh, that's, that's awesome. that I do pretty regular. That probably happens every couple of months. I have a question. Usually it's about a case I'm working on because I have a very grown up job where I do mm. um, a lot of problem solving. I'm a school psychologist, so I have cases okay. and I, you know, and so if I have something that I'm like, what should I do? And I, I ask myself, I just say, what should I do? And then I fall asleep and I'll like, usually I wake up with an answer. Oh, <laughs> so, that's your subconscious mind that's like, so, throughout the night. <laughs> working for me. That's what I mean when I say it's letting you work. It's like, yeah, working smarter, not harder. Like, I don't know how it works, but it does work for me. Mm-hmm. I, um, but I, I like your idea about the, I'm going to add in the, the recording. Um, but so you're a school psychologist. I am. Mm-hmm. I have a master's degree in psychology too. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I oh, never that's really, so uh, worked in the industry. I was okay. in the legal industry <laughs> instead of <laughs> Well, and, and that's, um, you know, part of my fascination with how I got here is there's a lot of parents reaching out for help to me, mm-hmm. um, with their kids. And, and I think that so much of this relates to my own experience as going through a parent parenting, um, getting disconnected from myself and realizing my kids co-regulate off of my energy. And yeah. so yeah. it's not to blame parents. It's not to say you're at fault because a lot of times we don't even know we're so unaware ourselves yeah. that we don't realize, but we all know that somehow when we're having a bad day, suddenly our kids are a little bit more yeah. difficult, whiny, whatever it is. I mean, that's something we all kind of know. It's hard to take that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my way of sharing my journey in a way that I hope it gives people permission to reconnect with themselves because mm-hmm. um, people are stressed out right now. People are, there's all kinds of, and this is not, you know, I'm a big believer in therapy and counseling. And so this isn't like a, you know, meant to be a replacement, but it is, I hope like a contemplative practice that people can use to sort of get reconnected with themselves Mm -hmm. in a way that can provide co-regulation, like for the whole family. That's my. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons why I started really taking care of myself mm-hmm. to be the type of parent that I wanted to be for my daughter. Because when I was exhausted, like stressed out, I was not being the type of mom I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's very difficult to be, a, you know, a good mom when you are so tired. It's so true. I, that's been my journey as well. And I was not being the type of, I, I knew I, this isn't who I want to be. I want to have energy to do stuff. I want to have energy to not have a bad attitude and to feel yeah. like I'm constantly, you know, and we all know, I think the idea of self-care, this probably falls under that umbrella, um, mm-hmm. of taking care of yourself. It's really, you know, unfortunately our lives can become so busy that self-care and I think this is maybe a deeper form of self-care than just, you know, um, getting a massage, which is great or Mm -hmm. going away for a weekend or having those maybe bigger things. I think that incorporating things like this into our daily lives, it's something that hopefully we can all do. We can do without it being super hard. Yeah. And that's, that's really where this comes from is my hope that it can be something we can just start doing without Mm -hmm. it being, without needing a ton of, you don't need money. You don't need, you know, we probably all have what it takes right in front of us to, to do some of these practices. So my like kind of a mantra is meditation is the best drug ever because it's free. You can do it anywhere, anytime. Uh, and it has zero negative side effects versus if you take some drugs or if you go um, drink wine I mean it will cost and it will have some like consequences (laughs) 
to your health. And so I'm like, what do you have to lose? You have everything to gain by yeah. spending a few minutes of sitting still and, you know, and I think it's the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree. It's, it's been so transformative for me. And, um, and that's really where this whole, um, practice sort of came out. So I, to put a name to it or to, um, sort of like, what am I doing? What am I moving towards? It actually came to me while I was, I was just like doing one of my activities and I didn't have a name for it until I started. I was like coloring one day oh, and I was just like, you know, this is just me connecting with my inner child. Like what if every, like, what if we did, like, what if we did this? So it came to my ideas flow mm -hmm. to me when I'm in that playful state. When I'm in that playful state, that's actually where I get my ideas from. It's not like I'm a super smart person that has all the, you know, like the, that part of me, that, that idea part, it comes either through transcendental meditation, which I do get the flow of ideas that way, or when I'm doing things that are playful or no, whatever. You're in a yeah. mode. Yeah. Yeah. So you can receive the downloads or, you yeah. know inspiration that way yep so awesome anyway this is so yeah this is so interesting i love it <laughs> so good what are your like favorite like you know child activity well i love i i loved singing singing is oh, oh that's funny one of the biggest things i make those sitting singing videos just for my own like i usually if i find myself frustrated around the house like if usually it has to do with the frustration and so it's my way of like oh that i kind of make life a soundtrack that's my quirky that's thing. awesome so you're like living musical I, that's my, that's my goal is for life. to <laughs> And, you know, I, it, I still feel all the emotions. Like, I think that there was a time in my life when I was doing a lot of emotional bypassing, where I would just always try to make everything more positive. But in yeah. this sense, now that I'm making, I, it's been my hobby now for a little while to make life a soundtrack. I really do feel all the emotions. So I'm able to sing a song that's like mm -hmm. sad or it's, but it's like, it's my way of connecting, but mm -hmm. then also feeling it and letting it be, but it, and it's just fun. I, that's my, it's my hobby. So, um, that's probably the you biggest, have, um, an album by now, <laughs> right? I mean, I keep posting my little videos. I mean, soon enough, I'll have an album of my everyday. I think it's been like, you know, broken drawers, you know, I, yes, the other day it was like missing forks. We were missing all of our, like all of our forks. I'm not saying they were dirty. There was no forks at all. <laughs> it doesn't make it. I I'm like, and I asked all of my kids, where are they? Like, I don't know. I went out. I literally had to go out and buy new forks. I still don't know where they're at. So. I mean, anyway, so usually my inspiration now, it's really been great to do this because my inspiration now comes from things that I'm annoyed about. So, um, you know, that's, that's great. That's, that's my weird, weird, weird hobby. No, I love that because it, the, the singing, um, it's a vibration, right? So you're changing the energy yeah. flow right away. 
Yep. It's like chanting or saying Aum when you do the yoga or meditation, right? You are kind of um, tuning your vibration. It's true. And it engages your vagus nerve, which is that yeah. access to, to calm yeah. the parasympathetic nervous system. So it does, yeah. it does probably do that to me where I'm able to go, you know, this is really annoying, yeah. but yeah, your it does, it's chakra is open and you can express yourself. And I'm not shutting down, which for me used to be a problem. I mm. used to really bottle it and l- just let it like I think yeah. in my body, that's where things, and I, I think now it's really cool that research is, 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 um, catching up to that concept that all of that is stored in our body. We store yeah. all of that, whether yeah. it's emotions or trauma or whatever it is, mm-hmm. those, even those little things that gets trapped. And yeah. so I do try to, that's me expressing my, myself. It's awesome. But really, um, I can totally relate. I used to store so much in my body and then it showed up as a symptoms. Yeah. And then I kind of went through like opening my heart chakra. Mm-hmm. And then once my heart chakra was open, my throat chakra opened up mm-hmm. finally. And now I am speaking out and doing a podcast. You have a voice. You have a podcast now. <laughs> okay. So tell us about the podcast. <laughs> So my podcast is called Why Not Meditate? And it's for anybody who has never meditated or who has tried it, but have not stuck to it for any reasons. And I'm just sharing my personal experience. And I'm not a guru or expert, but I have done enough to see some benefits and those benefits are amazing so i want to share with as many people as possible and i'm going to have some guests um to as a like share their practice and and how that practice um benefited them along the way and yeah it's just basic information like everyday life everyday person like me doing a meditation and sharing it the good news of meditation. <laughs> so I love it. That's, that sounds great. How soon, it, when will your podcast launch? January. I just published a trailer. So that's out there. Awesome. And I just recorded the first episode and yeah, I'm working on second and third okay. so forth. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. How can other people find you online? I am on Instagram. Um, my handle name is Masakozawa underscore photography. I probably should change that to a little more simple version, but <laughs> I also have a Facebook group called Why Not Meditate. Okay. So if you search Perfect. under that name, it should come up. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for having me and having this lovely conversation, Jonah. I love it. I've enjoyed it so much.